Thank you for joining us today. Welcome to our service of worship of the Lord Jesus Christ. We're glad that you're part of it today. I'm hoping and praying that these restrictions that we're under right now will be lifted soon, that we can get back to meeting face-to-face again. We look forward to that. I hope you do as well. I hope also that you're taking advantage of the new online giving that we have. If you go to the website, there's a blue bar. If you look on there, you'll find the giving online giving button. If you'll click that and then follow the prompts, it will lead you in the giving that you'll need to do. Also, if you feel more comfortable to continue to to mail in your tithes or to drop them off at the church, you may do that. Please uh, call to make sure that someone will be there before you drop off. But uh, we're looking forward uh, to you continue to worship with us. And, uh, and we have all kinds of ideas going forward with some things that will be coming up. And we look forward to being able to share those with you, too, as we see when we'll get started back. Um, let's begin our worship today by turning to the Lord in prayer. Father, we do thank you for the privilege that we have to meet together. Thank you, Lord, for each one that has joined us today. And I pray that you would be a blessing unto them, both in the singing of the songs and the special music that we'll have, as well as in the preaching of the Word of God. Lord, we ask for your blessing through your Holy Spirit upon all of it. In Jesus' name, amen. Please join us now as we sing together. Uh, The singing will be led by Laura and Leah Holland. And we'll be singing When We All Get to Heaven, and then The Old Rugged Cross, followed by a special from the Schultz and Holland family entitled For All He's Done. Then we'll be back with you for the message. I'll see you then. Thank you. 
Thank you for that good singing, and I appreciate that special music as well. Please uh, take your Bibles and turn with me to 1 John chapter 4. In 2011, I got an email from Calvin Covert. Thank you, Calvin. It told of a fifth grade teacher in a Christian school asked her class to look at TV commercials and see what they could uh, use to communicate ideas or truths about God. Here are some of the results. God is like Coke. He's the real thing. He's like Ford. He's got a better idea. God is like Hallmark cards. He cares enough to send his very best. He is like Tide. He gets the stains out others leave behind. God is like General Electric. He brings good things to life. He's like Scotch tape. You can't see him but you know he's there. God is like Allstate. You're in good hands with him. He's like VO5 hairspray. He holds through all kinds of weather, all kinds of trials. God is like Bounty. He's the quicker picker-upper. <laughs> he's an encourager. He can handle the tough jobs and won't fall apart on you. And one of my favorites, I believe, is God is like Dial Soap. Aren't you glad you have him? Don't you wish everybody did? Amen. I do. Uh, those are some cute thoughts about who God is and what he is like. And the reason I'm sharing them is because today's message I've entitled, God Is. And it describes what God is like. Now, I could spend a lot of time over the next weeks doing an entire series of messages on this topic. Things, for instance, about God, his essence. He is a spirit, he is person, uh, his unity, his trinity. We could talk about his natural attributes. He is omniscient, he knows everything. He is omnipresent, he is present everywhere at the same time. He is omnipotent, he is all-powerful. He is also eternal, and he is immutable, he is unchangeable. We could talk about his moral attributes. God is holy, 
just, right. He is loving, merciful, gracious. All of these and many more could be shared about who God is. But I've chosen three things to emphasize today. Three truths about who God is, what he is like. Father, I pray that you would help me through your Holy Spirit to be able to share very clearly the truth you've laid upon my heart and that we would understand not only what you are and in, in what you're like, but in light of that, Lord, what we should be like. I pray that you would allow us to understand your scripture and that we would have an open mind and heart to receive it. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. First of all, as I want to look at the first topic is God is love. That is probably most the well-known thing about God by the world around us. Uh, their understanding of that and what that means is totally um, uh, um, messed up in some ways. But at the same time, I want us to understand what we're talking about. First of all, let's look at the word that is used in Scripture. There are several Greek words that are used for love, but only one of them primarily is used that of God's love, and that is agape love. Agape love is sacrificial love. It's a love of choice. God chose to love us when we were unlovely. God chose to love us and to lay down his life for us. Jesus Christ died for us. God sent his only begotten son for us. It is a love of choice. It is a sacrificial love. Specifically, it's defined, God's love is what uh, is that within God which moves him to voluntarily give himself and his gifts to people regardless of their merit or response. And that is true of what God is as God is love. Now, God uh, is, uh, his fact that he is love is supported and stated and exemplified throughout all the scripture. Here are some of the examples of it here in 1 John chapter 4. Matter of fact, a lot of this is in 1 John. 1 John 4 and verse 8. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In 1 John 4.10, herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. That word propitiation means satisfaction. God, through the Lord Jesus Christ, he satisfied everything that was necessary to pay for my sin and your sin when he died there on the cross. He showed and demonstrated his love by doing so. John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved this world, you and me, and all that's in it that we are. First uh, John 3.16 says, Hereby perceive we the love of God, because he laid down his life for us. Same statement. Jesus said in John 15.13, Hereby, excuse me, greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And then in Romans 8.35, it asks the question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And it goes on to explain that nothing, no one, and no thing can separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. To know that God loves us and that we're secure in his love is a wonderful truth. And we praise the Lord for that. But please understand what that means to us. 
in light of the fact that God is love, what are we to be? Well, first of all, because he loves us, we are to love him. Look again in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 19. We love him because he first loved us. God first loved us, and then we loved him in return because he is such a loving God and great God to us. We are also to love one another. In 1 John 3 and verse 11, it says, For this is the message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. I want to compare that with what Jesus said over in John chapter 13. Three times in chapter 13 and in chapter 15 does he make this statement. In chapter 13 of John, verse 34, we read, And a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. And then in chapter 15, verse 12, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. And in verse 17, These things I command you, that ye love one another. I think he kind of nails it home that the Lord wants us to love one another. We're to love the Lord with all of our heart. We're to love one another as well. Loving one another and loving God is kind of tied together. In 1 John 4 and verse 11, he says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. And that's the whole premise of what we're saying. Because God does is a God of love and because he loves us, We're not only to love him, but we're to love one another. He's made it so clear. Loving God is also connected with obedience unto him. In 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 and 3, we read, By this we know that we love the children of God. That is, we love one another. uh, When we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. They're not burdensome. When God tells us to do things, it's not like, oh, man, I I guess I've got to do that. I don't want to, but no, it's, it's a joy to us to be obedient unto the Lord because we love him. It's a joy... Uh, to be obedient, to love one another because we love one another. We want to uh, to demonstrate that love. As we'll see, if you look over here into chapter 3, verses 17 and 18, it says, But whosoever hath this world's good, and seeth his brother in need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion for him, his compassion, his love for him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? My little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue. In other words, don't just say that you love someone, but love in deed and in truth. It wants to be a true, sincere love. It must be deeds attached to it, actions attached to it. So our love for God is demonstrated by our actions of obedience to what he says. And our love for others is demonstrated by our deeds, our actions to help them. So we are to demonstrate our love with action. Also, loving God and loving others fulfills all of God's law. We're told in Romans chapter 13 and verse 8, Love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. I remind you of the question that was asked the Lord Jesus in Matthew 22, where he says, 
Master, what is the great commandment in the law? And you remember what Jesus said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophet. In other words, if you love God properly, and if you love your neighbor, one another, properly, then you will be fulfilling all of the commandments. You will not be breaking any of those. And we praise the Lord of love and the emphasis that God has placed upon it and the importance it is for us to understand and to be loving, truly loving of God and of others. Uh, we are to love God and demonstrate it with our obedience, and we're to love on others and demonstrate it by our actions of giving and helping unto them. God is love. Secondly, God is faithful. The Marines' motto for their code of conduct, both, conduct both in battle and in their personal life, comes from the Latin semper fidelis. It means they're always faithful. And it's a good motto and code of conduct, not just for the Marines, but for every one of us, especially as believers. Faithfulness is one of God's great characteristics. Uh, God's love is a faithful love. He has a faithful mercy and a faithful grace. Praise the Lord for the consistency of those things in our life. Faithfulness is exemplified by God throughout scriptures and is stated of him as well. One of the great statements of his faithfulness is found in Lamentations 3 and verse 23, where it simply says, Great is thy faithfulness. We sing about it. We praise the Lord for it. God is faithful. Uh, in 1 Corinthians 10, 13, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not permit you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make the way of escape. He is faithful. First Thessalonians 5.24 Faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. In Revelation 19.11 at the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. Jesus Christ God is faithful. We praise the Lord for it. But faithfulness is also required of us as believers. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, a steward is simply someone that has been entrusted with the possessions of someone else. Now, God owns everything. He has given us everything that we have, our health, our ability, our mind to think, our talents, uh, the opportunities we have in life, the things that we have done to make and, and gain possessions and money, all of these things have been given to us by God. They truly are God's possession. He has entrusted them unto us as stewards. And we are to handle those things in such a way that pleases Him. We are to do it faithfully as He would judge. And so we have faithfulness as explained and required of us as stewards. Also, it is looked for in disciples and followers of the Lord Jesus. Paul told Timothy in 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, he said, The things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. 
He would have looked for faithful believers, faithful people that he could give the word of God to so that they could in turn teach other people. Many of the disciples of Jesus were described as being faithful. In 1 Corinthians 4.17, it says, Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord. Uh, Ephesians 6.21 talks of Tychicus, a beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord. In Ephesians 1.1, Paul wrote to the church there, he says, uh, to the faithful in Christ Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 11, we have all these men and women of faith and faithfulness that are given as an example to us, as an encouragement to us, so that we would run the, the race that is set before us with consistency, with faithfulness, with endurance. All of these are reasons why we are to be faithful before the Lord. But there's another that I want you to think with me, to reason with me for a moment. Since one of the great characteristics of God, of Christ, is faithfulness, and since we are to be conformed to Christ's image, then God's example of faithfulness is for us to follow. We are to be faithful because he is faithful. Now, specifically, what does that look like? Faithfulness is, number one, being and behaving consistently in line with what God judges as correct. Being and behaving consistently in line with what God judges is correct. Also, faithfulness is reliability in regards to one's responsibilities. In other words, we are consistently dependable in our service, our service of the Lord especially. We are to be reliable. Are you reliable when it comes to the things that you have volunteered to do? Are you consistent? Or do those that work with you find that you're constantly making excuses why you can't be there or you can't uh, help them out? We are to be found faithful in regards to our responsibilities. And then faithfulness is your reputation. It's your testimony. It's what you are known for, hopefully, uh, as we'll see. Hebrews 3, 5, it speaks of Moses. says, Moses truly was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony. He was a, uh, he was a uh, faithful servant as a testimony for others to follow. What we, what do you call a testimony when it is coming from how you behave? Uh, maybe that's vague in my question, but I call it an example to follow. If our testimony is good, if it's coming from what we are doing that others can see, then it is an example for us to follow. Paul told Timothy, don't let anyone despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers. And he gave him about six things uh, to be an example of. And one of them was in faith or faithfulness. He was to be an example. <clears throat> we are to be an example as well. Will those that come behind you find you faithful? God is loving. God is faithful. Thirdly, God is merciful. <clears throat> Excuse me. Our God is a merciful God. I am so thankful for that truth. Joel chapter 2 and verse 13 says, Rend your heart and not your garments, and turn into the Lord your God, 
For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness. In Psalm 89, in verse 1, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. He is merciful. Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 puts all three of these things we've looked at together. He says, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions, his love, fails not. Uh, They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We have all three. God is a God of love. He is faithful and he is a God of mercy. He is merciful. Praise the Lord for that. So what does that mean to us? Well, two things in particular. Number one, uh, he doesn't give us judgment that our sin deserves. He is merciful. He is forgiving of us. I want you to take your Bibles and turn with me, please, over to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8. In our adult Bible study on Sunday nights before we were were um, social distanced um, with these restrictions, we were studying in the book of Hebrews, and we passed uh, over. We passed and studied this particular chapter. And one of the things that we learned that I want to point out is found in the last few verses, beginning in verse 10. I'll pick up reading there in Hebrews 8. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my laws into their mind and write them upon their hearts. I will be to them a God and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. Now, let me stop and just say that's talking about all they that uh, believe in this new covenant that God has established. And that new covenant has to do with the the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ upon Calvary. In other words, all that are saved. We don't need to be taught of the Lord. We have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. But this is what I want you to understand in verse 12. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. Now, two things in the verse. I will be merciful to their sin, and I will not remember their sin anymore. Those two things. Now, this, we learn, is a quote from over in Jeremiah chapter 31. In Jeremiah 31, you can turn there or you can just watch uh, the verses we just read as I read in Jeremiah that will be, this is a quote out of Jeremiah 31. And I'll pick up reading in verse 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their inward parts and write it upon their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall uh, teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. Do you see the difference there? Do you see the connection? I will forgive their sin, and I will remember their sin no more. In Hebrews, I will have mercy upon their sin and remember their sin no more. Mercy and forgiveness are used interchangeably in Scripture in this passage. And so we see a little bit about what it means to us 
that God does have mercy upon us in our sin. He is forgiving of our sin. God's mercy is tied to his forgiveness. He's, he's willing to forgive and he's willing to remember our sin no more. Praise the Lord for that great truth. But then number two, what does it mean to us? We are to be merciful and forgiving of others. In Mark chapter 11 and verse 25, Jesus said, And when ye stand praying, forgive, if ye have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive your, uh, forgive you your trespasses. We are, when we pray, maybe we're praying to ask God to forgive us, confess our sin, but we know that we have something against another person that we have not dealt with, we have not forgiven them. Maybe they even even know that they did something against us. Or maybe they're not interested in being reconciled. They don't want our forgiveness. But God says we are to forgive them. And if we're not willing to forgive them, he is not willing to forgive us. That is a very dangerous and, and powerful uh, argument for why we should be forgiving of other people, no matter what they have done to us. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 13 says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And then one of my favorites is found in Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. We are forgiven of God, and we must be forgiving of others. Some people would immediately say, well, pastor, you just don't understand. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know how bad they hurt me. You don't know what they said about me behind my back. You don't know what they they did in, in, in causing other people uh, to be against me. You don't know the hurt that they've caused in my life. Well, I'll answer that by saying, no, I don't. I don't know the hurt that they've caused in your life. But I do know this that their hurt is hardly nothing compared to the hurt that you have caused in God's heart because of your sin. Every one of us, my sin, your sin, has hurt God way more than anybody else could ever personally hurt us, either mentally, emotionally, or physically. We have a little bit to forgive compared to the great amount that God has forgiven us. He's asking for us to give. And by the way, when we forgive, we're not forgiving. We're not forgiving because we want to help them. That's not really the the answer. As I said a while ago, some of them don't even want forgiveness. They don't want anything to do with us. But we forgive their hurt to help ourselves. And we forgive them. Because God said so. Please keep in mind, God is merciful. He is forgiven of us. And he asked for us to be merciful and forgiving of others. So please, praise the Lord with me. For our God is great. He is loving. He is faithful. He is merciful. And so many other things. We praise the Lord for it. But we should be conformed to his image. We should follow his example. Christian, 
Are you loving of others and of God? Are you demonstrating it by your actions of obedience to the Lord, by your actions, your deeds of help and giving to others? Are you faithful? Do you have a testimony of being consistent and reliable in your service of the Lord? Are you merciful? Are you forgiving of others as God has been forgiving of you? God is good and we must seek to follow. A businessman was scheduled for a very important meeting that required him to take a a late night train to his destination. Knowing he would uh, most certainly be asleep when the train came to his stop, he spoke to one of the attendants and requested help. He said, I have the most important meeting of my life in the morning and I cannot afford to miss it. When the train pulls into Chattanooga at 2 a.m., wake me up and help me off of the train. I'll be grumpy and beg uh, for more sleep, but do whatever it takes to get me off of this train. The next morning when the man awoke, he was still on the train and had missed his stop. He became livid and raged over, uh, raged all over the porter who had supposed to assist him in getting off of the train in the middle of the night. When the irate passenger disembarked the train, a passenger who had witnessed the harsh words tried to console the attendant. He said, in all my life, I have never seen anybody get so upset. And the porter said, that ain't nothing. You should have seen the guy I threw off the train at 2 a.m. in in Chattanooga. (laughs) The porter had good intentions. He just threw the wrong man off of the train. Folks, we can have good intentions when it comes to loving God and loving others, when it comes to our faithfulness before the Lord and others, and when it comes to our being merciful and forgiving of others. We can have good intentions, but we have got to follow through with the good thing that we intend. Don't fall short of just saying, I know that I should, But let's agree by God's help to do those things in which he has called us to do. Remember, faithful is he that calleth who also will do it. He'll help you to do it. God is good and we must seek to follow him. But understand this. There's none good, no, not one. At least none apart from salvation in Jesus Christ. We cannot be loving like God wants or faithful like God wants or merciful like God wants until we first have chosen to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior. That's the most important choice that anybody could ever make. And I pray that you've made that already today. And if not, I pray that you would make that choice before you leave. And if you don't understand that choice, would you please contact me? I'll tell you how in just a moment. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to hear from your word this morning. I thank you for your guidance in this message. And I pray that it has been an encouragement to us to know what you are like. But also, Lord, I pray that it's been a challenge to our heart to understand what you require of us in light of who you are. And I pray that you would help us to be the loving, faithful, and forgiving 
Christian that we should. And for anyone that is not sure of that relationship, that you would help them to reach out and speak to me about it, that we can make sure of that very quickly. Thank you and bless as we continue. In Jesus' name, amen. In contact to me, if you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ and receiving him as your Savior, you can call the church office at 804-379-8930. That's 804-379-8930. Or you can email me at pastor at hollyhillsbaptist.org. I want to thank you for being a part of our service today. Thank you for worshiping the Lord together. May he bless you and give you his grace always. Thank you. Goodbye.